Hey yo, we was having a ball, and you know they asked me to get on the mic, and they asked me, can I kick it? Words. Can I kick it? guys i got a very special guest with me today my buddy aaron he has been blessing me with his knowledge but not only me he's been blessing um warrior consulting and the uh people of warrior consulting the tribe of warrior consulting and he did such a fantastic job at it coming into the mastermind and talking and offering some excellent perspective on numerous topics Uh, I thought to myself, I said, wow, uh, this would actually be a really good podcast slash YouTube as well. So there's so many things that I can say about Aaron. However, what I am going to say is his bio. And then we're going to get into some conversation about a few topics. And uh, his bio is one of those bios that really gets you thinking in the sense of if someone can accomplish something, so can you. And I believe that Aaron is the perfect example of someone who has sacrificed. And when I say sacrifice, I mean invested about a decade and a half into becoming the person to change his family his family's trajectory, and his tribe of people's trajectory with all of the companies and people that he manages and or partners and or is the owner of. So husband and father to his wife, Anna, daughter, Kinsley, and Stella, who we're going to talk about a little bit more, co-founder of his first company in the staffing industry at 24 years old, founded Spark Talent at 29 years old. From 2009 to 2015, he rarely slept and worked over 100 hours every week. He still loves working hard, business, etc. But now he tries to sleep at, excuse me, now he tries to sleep seven to eight hours a night, and he's still working on founded two staffing companies and have reached eight figures in revenue consistently founded a third, Spark Packaging, and did seven figures in its first year. Grown Spark Talent into a family of three companies, Spark Talent, Spark Packaging, and John Joseph Partners. He's the CEO of Spark Talent, managing partner of Spark Packaging and John Joseph Partners. The companies he's founded have done over $175 million in sales, driven to help others enter the world of being an entrepreneur, driven to create entrepreneurs and top-performing salespeople, investor and or managing partner in seven other companies. His passion is his family, building businesses, and the charities that they give to, which include, but are not limited, 
to their church Woodside Bible of Troy, Michigan, and the Tim Tebow Foundation to help in the fight against human trafficking. His companies give a percentage of the profits to Tim Tebow Foundation, other charities each quarter as well. His faith is a secret weapon. Everything he has done and that he will accomplish is because of the Lord's blessings and favor what he is building. Well, Aaron, that's one hell of a freaking bio, dude. What's going on, man? I was joking with you the other week when, <laughs> when I when I talked to, to the group uh, that I should have you read my bio all the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and th- thank you. Uh, you do a much better job of going through that than I do. Um, I'm blessed to be here. It was awesome to be with you guys the other week. And um, yeah, I'm just honored to, to be on the show. Yo, thank you. Thank you for being here. First and foremost, I'm grateful for you being here. Secondly, and thirdly, I'm honored. I I look up to you, man. I know what you're doing is pure. I know that you're doing it the the right way, whether it's done correctly all the time is up for, you know, up for our own perception, but I know you're doing it the right way. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. But you know what, dude, I got to tell you something, man. Um, you and I are about the same stage of, of time frame into entrepreneurship. And it's, it's interesting, right? When you hear your bio read off by someone else, you're like, Oh shit, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's cool. We're doing that. Cause I know you're a dude in the sense of you don't pride yourself on bullet points. You pride yourself on many other things to include the outcome that you can provide others. And when it comes to our bullet points, it's just a part of the journey, right? It's just literally a piece to the resume or a bullet point on the bio. So I got to say, man, I've, I've read some bios, dude, and, and yours is fantastic. So uh, I really thought you coming on the show, you could talk about some things that are really important to you and offer your perspective on it. And, you know, the first one being, I know you're all about your family, man. And, uh, and, and from someone who doesn't have kids, I look at you from what I see and what we talk about as an excellent example of not only a husband, but a father. And it looks like you're doing well and the interesting part about it is you've told me that it wasn't the easiest situation for you to figure figure out. Am I wrong? No, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, for me, you know, you said we've been in business this, around the same amount of time. And so I was uh, almost a decade into business and I was single and um, was able to kind of run my life similar, you know, for 10 years where I work, 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 and and then do, you know, certain things on, on the weekend, which evolved over time in my early 20s, that was probably go out and drink with my buddies still. And uh, thankfully, as the, as a couple of years went by, that changed. Uh, but, you know, I had a lot of, I worked a ton, but I still had like free time, you know, to do stuff. Well, as I got married, uh, and then as we have had, you know, two beautiful children, it changes each each step along the way. And, um, you know, I'm very task oriented. So I like to think that's been helpful in me figuring out how I'm going to still be productive, uh, but give attention to, you know, what we're really here for, you know, legacy is really important for me. And, um, 
you know, whether it's direct family, friends, people you impact, like, like who are you showing up for every day, you know, becomes important. I think it's a good framework for us to like live our lives by. And uh, for me, you know, that starts my family. It's a lot of other people as well, but man, if I'm not giving them any part of my day, you know, what am I, what am I doing? You know, and uh, not saying I'm perfect at it, but I've worked at it, you know, pretty hard and continue to work at it. And I'm sure if you had my wife on, she'd say, Hey, he's better (laughs) sometimes than others, but uh, you know, being aware, you know, when, when you fall off track with anything or when you need to kind of get back on track becomes important. So yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to have an amazing wife uh, who does so much, you know, for our family and our companies and um, two great little girls. Yeah, I've exchanged a couple emails with your wife in regards to something we worked on recently. And uh, she's she's super awesome. Um, I follow her on Instagram too. Uh, if she's in Nashville uh, in a couple of months, I'll be excited to meet her. Um, she will be. Be she fun. will. Oh, yeah, she you will bring you, yeah. you bringing the girls? No, <laughs> no, that's gonna, that might be our first time. Like uh, without the girls, our our littlest daughter like won't let anyone hold her except for Anna and I, and uh, okay, we're working on that. So okay, <laughs> something we're not even like her. grandma or grandpa. No, or no or we're trying. No? We're trying yesterday. Woo! We had a <laughs> you got your hands full. <laughs> we're we're making a little progress. Like we're up to like five minutes, I think. So okay, yeah, okay. So. Now, now you um tell me, how did you meet Anna? Uh, so we actually met in the gym. So we knew of each other, and um, you know, I had known you know some of her cousins and just um you know heard of her you know before. And I'd seen her around the, around the gym, thought she was cute. And, um, you know, finally worked up the courage to talk to her, you know, one day. But, you know, outside of me just being attracted to her, I heard just a ton of good stuff about her character and who she was as a person. And, um, you know, I was just about to turn 30. Some people might call it a midlife crisis or something like that. I don't know what it was, but... Um, Quarter life crisis. Yeah, you know, I start hopefully, right? Um, yeah, I was starting to really pay attention on who I was hanging around, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. And um, it was about a year after we started Spark Talent, maybe a little bit longer. And um, you know, transitioning to Spark was was it gave me a chance to really reflect on who I was spending my time around, who I wanted to interact with. Um, you know, how I want, I, I mean, I had no problem being disciplined or working hard or, you know, I worked out, but just like outside of that, like who, who I was spending my time with. And, and I got more intentional about that. And, um, you know, my wife jokes and she jokes, but she's serious. Had I not probably spent a year working on myself that way, there's no way we would have started dating. <laughs> like, there's just no way, like she, she would have been like, nope, like not having it. So, uh, but, you know, I like to think God started to to work on me in that transition where, you know, we started spark and really, you know, learned some things the hard way, you know, right on like who you spend time with, who you interact with, who you partner with. And, um, you know, just really got a chance to reflect on that. Right. And after about a year and a half of that or so, you know, God brought in Anna into my life or, you know, kind of 
got us to the point where I worked up the courage to talk to her, right? And, and here we are. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, uh, I, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I was just commenting on, I know how, I know that feeling. I know the feeling of like working up the courage to go talk to someone that, you know, you, you, you want to talk to. And yeah. in this case, now you're now your wife. Um, and uh, it's it's not an easy task, especially when you're so focused on other areas of your life, right? Because when we get to that point of self-awareness and, and healing, it sounds like you're doing some healing as well. Uh, we, we begin to really prioritize what we're doing, especially if we've audited our circle, which is what I, I call looking at who you're hanging around with. I call auditing your circle, right? Yeah, and yeah. whatever we call it, it's all the same shit. You gotta, you gotta realize that what you are around, the energy you're around will affect you is really what it comes down to. And, uh, -huh. uh yeah. Right. And long story short, um, I, I know that feeling of like drive, 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 push, 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 and you kind of like look at a relationship or um, someone, you know, in that manner as maybe not a priority uh, because subconsciously or consciously. So I respect that. I respect that. So I take it. You guys had a good conversation. You guys hung out and now you got now you're married. You got a couple daughters that are absolutely gorgeous, dude. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, get their good looks from their mom, not their dad. <laughs> Is that where they get them? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, wherever you want to go with it, but it, that's how we met. You, you know, just real, I'll be quick on this. Like, get me back on sure. track if I go off track on this, but. Not you know, laid out, man. When I, so when, when Anna and I met, I was making, mis like, we had grown so much in our first year at talent we grew like 800 percent, and it was wild and um, crazy i met her at a time where i didn't realize i was making some mistakes in in business um and you're gonna you're gonna totally get where i'm go going with this so we grew really fast we about doubled the size of our internal team and uh up to that point i was used to operating with about a team of 12. And so we built talent to that quickly. We got to about 20 people quickly, you know, on the team. And then we tried to expand it even more and go up to about 30 people. Uh, well, I did that and I pulled myself out of day-to-day -day sales. We pulled our best salesperson out of day-to-day -day sales and put them in charge of like eight salespeople that we hired. And like, long story short, we did a lot of that stuff way too fast. The company was a year old and, um, you know, I call it like the light switch method. Like, don't, don't do the, like we light switched it. We went from like doing all the sales and, and, and just like built a team and switched the light switch. And then we tried to, um, just go with that. Right. And like that was happening during that time and we were still growing, we grew a hundred percent the next year but hundred percent is not 800%. So it's like, okay, there's like, what, what happened there? Well, within that time, I was less involved in the day to day. I, not enough. Like, like frankly, I was making that mistake of like thinking like we had the Midas touch, you know, cause we started this company. It, it took off. Um, not everything was perfect. We still grew hundred percent. And I'm like, Hey, this is just part of kind of like stepping out of the day to day. And then the next year, 
which, which is the year we got married, uh, was the first year in business that I had experienced going backwards in revenue. We went backwards by about, um, I, I think around 20, 20, no, probably about 15%, something like that. But we went backwards. Not and, significant, but enough to notice. Well, yeah. So it's like, okay. And on one hand, it's like, okay, you grow 800% and then 100%. And like you had a little retraction. And some of that's true. Like that can happen, you know, when you grow a lot, like, cause you're going to make mistakes and got to kind of recalibrate. But really what we did is we, we stepped out of the day to day business way too fast. You know, I, I did. So um, here we are. Anna and I get married in June. I get back from our honeymoon and in July, uh, uh, like when I get back, we decide um, our, our now VP of sales and I decide we're going to go back in the day to day of sales. And I go from working probably about 45 hours a week back to 100, like two weeks after I get married. Man, it was, again, don't let me like get off like topic, but it was like not completely what she expected. Like, um, you know, I didn't do a good job when we were engaged of like, explain like she just thought that's how it was that I always worked about 45 hours a week and you know would answer maybe a few emails at night but like she didn't see what I that I worked like all this time like for almost a decade you know prior to that like one year I do that for about one year and we start to lose momentum and without like talking to her much about it or anything like that just like jump back in and it was a lot you know so our first six months of marriage like we had a lot of combos on that. And uh, I think that, you know, some people would have been like, what the heck? And like, it probably left, you know, and, and uh, she didn't, she stayed with me. She um, didn't completely like understand all what she was getting into, but man, you know, she's been like a rock for me, you know, that way. And, you know, I realized like, man, like you should have done a better job communicating some of that stuff up front. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't with, I didn't know, like at the time I was still 28, 29. And um, I just made the mistake of thinking that I could step out of the business and it would still like go. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. And um, yeah, so sorry, don't want to get off on a tangent, but just the fact that she kind of tangent's like, awesome. yeah, I mean, she sat down with me. We had a lot of talks around this. It's not like she just like, I just did that. And we never talked about it. Like we've had many talks about this and, you know, things have evolved as we've grown and added more companies now, but like, she's just really been an amazing wife and turned into amazing business. Like, I guess you would call a business partner at the same time. Yeah. I think who you, if, if you get married, you know, who you decide yeah. to partner with that way becomes vitally important and some of that, like I went in the wrong direction and I felt bad about that, but we talked through that and had many conversations and just what's come out of it is just, in my opinion, been amazing. You know, she's been my, my rock in a lot of ways. Um, so there's a couple things I want to say here. One, uh, one, the, the easy thing we can move right past is in 2018. I was about this close to getting engaged and I was doing very well. S similar track as you most likely working a shitload, putting yeah. everything into it, growing rapidly, so on and so forth. And I am very grateful that I didn't get engaged nor get married because just as you said, if you select the wrong partner, it can 
facilitate destruction or said professionally, it could um, throw you off track a little bit, uh, especially when it comes to priorities, right? If it's with the wrong person. So I respect that. Secondly, without not falling out of my chair, secondly, <laughs> I want to point out that not once did you point the finger at anybody else in that explanation other than yourself. You said on several occasions, you're like, you know, generalizing, uh, basically it's, it was my fault for doing this. It was my fault for doing this. It was my fault for doing this, my fault for doing that. And I believe that, and this is agreed upon by many people, that level of ownership of anything in life, including yourself and business in this case is one of the biggest hurdles for humans let alone entrepreneurs, when it comes to, let's say, 95% of America, and, I, and this is a very general statistic that I can't back up with any data, just through observation, 95% of people don't own uh, their themselves or their life or their choices or their responsibility. And to be an outlier or the other 5% or the other 1% or whatever you want to say, is freeing. When I use the situation of the individual that I came close to getting engaged to, I, after reflection, realized I was not the man I needed to be for that relationship. I was not healed. I was not ready. I was not the leader that I could have been for myself, let alone that person. And when you take the ownership of it, and understand, ah, oh, fuck, I pulled myself out of the business too fast working on it. It's my fault. And then, and then being like, ah, oh, it was my fault. I didn't communicate it to my, to my fiance or then wife. Uh, I probably should have done that too. Uh, yes. It really opens, it opens up the doors for a lot of things to include uh, messages, in my opinion, or what I like to say, nudges or downloads or, um, basically just messages from whatever the belief system is. And I want to bridge into that because I believe once you have extreme ownership, which is, I believe, the key term of what we're discussing, I believe once you own your shit and have that self-awareness, you open the door to be able to receive from the higher, higher power. I don't teach anything other than there's a higher source. That's what I believe in. I just believe there's a higher source, whatever we want to name it. And throughout the history of the world and currently in the world, people name that source many different things. However, fundamentally, having that self-awareness and having faith fundamentally, I think is probably some of the biggest dividers between those who become successful and or leave a legacy and don't. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I do, I'm a big believer in Christ and, um, you know, something that is a big part of my life. And at the same time, you know, you mentioned 
energy. And uh, I completely agree with that, that too. I, I think you can believe in Christ and believe that there's energy in the, in the universe and, um, Absolutely. you know, energy that you give off and, um, you know, it's part of your attraction to, to other people. And that doesn't have to be like a, a physical attraction, but just like people that you want to be around and like hang around and get like, like, that's how you, you pick your circle, right? Like you, you feed off each other's yeah. energy. Um, and that's why it's so important to audit that because that can cut, you know, both ways. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, today I'll give you a live example, right? So let's back up. I have been meditating. And so I had to fix my PTSD from Iraq is really what it came down to. And I decided I was not going to take the medication that the VA was forcing down my throat wrote and I would do some preliminary research on how to change the mind, specifically the subconscious moving past trauma. And I found meditation about a decade ago. So I've been meditating for about a decade now and it's fucking wow. wild. Do you meditate? I don't. I I will pray and do kind of like my form of visualization. I was sure. doing it in, in our infrared sauna. Now I do it on my walks because uh, I'm trying to do it when I'm moving. Uh, but that's about as close as I get to meditating, but I'm, I'm interested to hear about it because that's my ADD, like in my head, at least like that's yeah. why I don't do it more, but, uh, but go ahead. I, I want to hear more about it. Cause it's, um, my, my wife does it more than, more than I I've attempted once or twice. And it's been her being like, you got to do this. You got to do this. So. I think, I think a lot of people might have a misconception. Or actually, I think better said, I could probably say define meditation better, right? There's this huge misconception. I, I, the the pros, the the data, the everyone who's written about meditation, uh, especially now as we move into the second um, decade of twenty of, of the two thousands, mm -hmm. um, visualization is meditation. It's just a form of. Right. Okay. So being, being right. So being able to meditate in whatever capacity, moving meditations are loved by a lot of people, a lot of people. And I also do moving visualizations as well, but I also have trained, I've had to train my mind to be quiet, ADD, ADHD, growing up, like all that bullshit with the kids. Yep. But you don't have to meditate on your back or, you know, in the, you know, sure. whatever position yeah. that's taught. So like today I was meditating this morning and I was, I was static. I was sitting uh, in a chair and I asked for, um, I asked for the, my higher source, which is my father. I lost my father in 2006. I was in Iraq. I, I was flown home in Iraq. Um, they pulled me right out of combat, like, poof, like right out. And I was home. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I was back two weeks later and then got wounded. But the point that I'm getting at is uh, he is who comes to me when I ask for uh, a delivery, when I ask to speak to higher source, when I ask to speak to whoever it is that is my source of my supply. And it's always my dad that comes to me. And um so we have conversations and this stuff might sound crazy if you guys don't meditate, but you know, there's a lot of doctrine written that, you know, people will be considered uh, loony if, you know, God speaks to them or Jesus speaks to them or their higher source speaks to them, which in this case is my father. However, 
there's a very deep spirituality uh, to be able to have that type of connection. And today I, I have on my agenda, today's Labor Day, this show will come out probably close to November of 2022. And um, today's Labor Day. And I told myself, I said, Chris, you need to get really fucking clear on where you want to be by 2033. Really fucking clear. I have it. However, I need to get clear by the quarters in the years. And so I started meditating and I, you know, I was like, uh, basically asking for source to supply. And I got the whole, it's actually right here. I didn't even put my notebook away. I got the whole <laughs> download right here. And, um, I believe no matter what you believe in having that faith, having that belief system, mm-hmm. having something is going to propel you in life, propel you, your family, your business, whatever it might be, your legacy, yep. not faster, but definitely deeper and more meaningful and more purposeful as you go about the journey. Aaron, would you disagree or agree? No, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think, you know, it's hard for for me, like, like if I didn't have that as like a, a fundamental part of who I am, like I'll call it a foundation, right? Like, I feel like I would have a hard time like going after my purpose or being more like um, confident in, in what that is and what's driving that, right? So when, when I'm listening to you, that's what I hear within that too, is that, that that's a foundational thing that helps push you towards that purpose more aggressively and build kind of like a confidence in, in that you can do it and you're approaching it, you know, with good intentions and the right reasons. And um, that, that's what I hear. Yeah. In, and I don't in, know in, how you really do that, like over the long term, you know, without having some kind of like foundational thing like that, you know, some like kind of guiding source. Yes, that, something. Because like, how do you get, how do you get centered? I I can't remember if it was when we were talking, either before we were recording or after, but talking about like, you know, we all get off track, right? So oh, yeah. if you don't have, if you don't have faith, if you don't have something to to guide to guide you or, or like, as like your, your focal point, like, how do you, how do you get back on track when you veer off? Cause we are all veer off. And, and yeah. I think uh, I, I, from what I see, when you see people make mistakes, like they just veer pretty far off that, or maybe they don't have a guidepost like that, uh, which makes it a lot easier to, um, you know, I think we all make mistakes, but you can make some pretty big ones you can make some pretty big ones. Uh, especially if you're having success, like as you're having some success, like if anything that can, I feel like, you know, success and whether that be, you know, let's say it's money and and business success in this case, like, well, that can be like a, like you're pouring gasoline on on something. It could be good or bad. It couldn't be pouring gasoline and and like um, picking up steam on, on a healthy purpose or if you don't have one of those, man, it, it can really take you down to some, some areas that, um, you, you know, can cause some damage, you know, for you or others. Yeah. Did you grow up going to church and like continually doing a uh, church throughout your whole life? Or was it something you kind of stumbled upon like me? 
Uh, you know, I did. I grew up in the church. I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. My, my dad was, uh, was a pastor okay. and minister still. Um, and he was, wow. you know, he, he like led a church until I was in like fourth grade. And then, um, you know, he got out of that and I didn't know at the time, but was really struggling with depression, like battling that. And, um, and that's Him? really where, I'm sorry, what's up? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Him, he, your father was struggling yes. with depression? Yeah. Yes. And I didn't know at the time I was in like fourth, fifth grade when this really started to rear its ugly head. But how it looked for me is we moved around multiple times, moved all over the, the state of Michigan. Um, you know, I'd make new friends, have to pick up and move again, you know, over and over. at the time it was like four or five times, but at the time, like year after year, that feels like a lot, you know, as a kid and, um, yeah. you know, um, my parents are, are amazing people and, um, I feel blessed, you know, the way, you know, we were raised overall, but like, I, I had no clue that was going on and that, that was probably some tough parts to us growing up is how much we moved. And I think my dad really struggled with that. And I, I had no clue at the time, but now I can look back on some things and be like, okay, like that, like, yeah, like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, and at the same time, as much as as a kid that like was tough, it really forced me to make new friends, communicate with different people, like learn about different um, people from like different cultures and backgrounds and just like different dynamics, right? Because we lived in some different, like uh, some, some areas that are not quite the same. You know, we moved down to where we live now and like, man, I thought it was like the most affluent area I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I remember, being in seventh grade, like I started a new school and like Tommy Hilfiger and Nautica were the big like brands. Right. And um, yeah, I, never knew, I never knew what a brand name um, oh, like wow. clothing was. I didn't really know what that was. Like I was, I, we just didn't talk about anything like that. I wore like sweatpants every day and like a shirt came out or something like that. But um, yeah. like probably like a lion shirt or something like I was big into sports. So um <laughs> I come home this one day and I'm going through my closet and I'm, I'm going like this and I'm just like looking at the tags to see if I had any of these designer brands that all the other kids had. And, um, I didn't. And that was the first time that I realized that like, okay, like, like we're not, we're not doing real great. And that was probably the first like burn that I had to like, to go out and, and make money like like that that was a start that was something that you know there's things you just don't forget like i remember yeah. literally shuffling through this closet and and like i don't remember if i cried or not but i was i was upset so um yeah and and what had happened with my dad is you know he basically you know i have three brothers so we had a fam family of six he got out of the ministry tried to start a business. It didn't, it didn't go well. And they racked up a good amount of credit card debt. And then he moved, we moved down to Detroit and he started an IT career that ended up being very successful. My dad does great. Now he runs a consulting business for pastors to help them with depression now. So talk about nice. how God, you know, uses stuff, but uh, and his business is doing amazing. But at that time, you know, he racked up a bunch of credit card debt. Um, starting over in a career and having a family of six and we're in staffing now like the entry-level it jobs at, at at that time probably paid like it's probably like thirty thousand a year 
tops at that time and a family of six and racked up credit card debt and we had just moved and like they weren't making enough money to to uh really support the family and uh yeah. that's when i really started to feel it you know when we moved down here and you know, i'm going going through there i remember uh, i had a basketball game you had to dress up it was my first one of the year and i wasn't used to i didn't have to dress up with my other schools but this was a new thing and uh, I didn't have a dress shirt. And so I, I went to school with like a pair of khakis and like a San Francisco 49ers red hoodie. <laughs> I don't know why I picked that. But I went there and I lied about it. I was like, hey, hey, uh, oh, I forgot. And I got in trouble with my coach and stuff like that. And I remember going home and I think I did cry, you know, that time I was like, I was like upset. Yeah like understandably we went to like salvation army or something and got me a, a like i was we got set up after that but um man just stuff like that really stuck with me and there was more things like that but those are probably two of the main things that like those were initial types of drivers for me that's like dude i, I want to control my own destiny you know i want to not be in that situation i don't want to have to you know never go out to eat or not be able to afford anything at the mall or not get presents on, on, a, on Christmas, which we, we did for the most part, but I remember one Christmas specifically where uh, I could tell, you know, we didn't get, you know, a ton. Now that being said, to give my parents credit the next year, they got me a snowboard pass, which we talked about. And I, I went all Hell the yeah. and um, that probably set them back a bit. And uh, again, they were awesome in that, in that time. But um you know, it had its moments and there's people that had it way worse off than we did. But um, just a lot of that stuff where it was like a financial strain really stuck with me and gave me this like deep desire to succeed in life. If I'm being honest. Yeah. And that's great vulnerability and transparency to foreshadow uh, really, I don't know the exact years, but it sounds like about 20 plus years right, ago, yeah. 25 years ago, something like, that. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> right. Right. So like, cause like I have my experience too, which is similar yet a little different. And, uh, now you, now here you are 25 ish years later. Right. And, and you had that fire that burnt right? That, that passion, that motivation, the, I don't want to scrounge. I don't want to have to lie because I'm embarrassed. Um, you want to provide. And, um, now you have multiple companies, a family and what I think a lot of, uh, us tend to forget is when we talk about multiple companies in the family, we have a lot of dependence is really what it comes down to. Right. And you probably do business similar to what I do. And you have a very close knit tribe and culture and, yes. uh, you, yeah, exactly. So how many, how many people do you employ Aaron? Uh, so, and I hate, I hate using the word employ, which I, you know, I, yeah, I me too. As a, <laughs> sorry. It just, uh, you know, we, we call everyone team members, you know, and, and it really, it, yeah. it's how many team. people do you work with? So, yeah. So we're coming up yeah. on 70, you know, between the three companies. So, so I believe I, I just did my calendar this morning and we're going to 
hire a, a few more, you know, people at, add a few more people to the team. And we should be north of 70 uh, at that point, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, even in me saying that, like I, I check myself because, um, you know, us adding to the team, just add to the team or from an ego standpoint, like, no, that's no bueno. Like we are, right. um, you know, we need to be adding for the right reasons and pour in and reinvest in the current team that we have. And uh, fortunately, you call, I mean, we always do that, but you call me at an intense time on that. We're, we're I'm excited for tomorrow. We're announcing four pretty high level promotions at, at Spark Talent, uh, including another executive position. And uh, I'm just super pumped for, for all of those people um, specifically. I mean, all of them, but, but the VP um, that we're promoting has been with us for about seven years and they'll be promoted by the time this comes out. So can, oh, you told me about this person. Yeah. So yeah I remember uh, this, you know, I mean, he started as our, as our first intern, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. And, he did tell uh, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's going to move into a VP of recruiting role. And I mean, that's yeah. what, what we do, man. That's what we do. It, you know, our, our purpose is to help people grow. And, um, you know, I think that comes from, a, well, I know where it comes from, but like, that's us on purpose, man. What we're about to do this week with these promotions. Um, and I've had the chance to have those conversations with people, shot them voice notes all this weekend. Um, you know, got a story back from one of them about how, their family was celebrating and, you know, cause it's a pretty good cop increase with a huge runway, you know, for, I mean, these are life-changing promotions and um, it's just so cool, dude, that, that this is what I, what, what I, why I do, you know, what we do is uh, to put people in these positions and to, you know, do what we've been able to do and continue to do it on a bigger scale. And I, I don't, use the word employer or boss. Uh, they're not in my vocabulary when it comes to my day-to-day. -day. However, to, to offer perspective for those that may use those words, yeah, I, fair enough. Know, I, right. I, I use them. Right. And, and the, the, I work with people. That's it. We work together. I'm, I'm not more important than my, my, my last hire by no means. Do we have different responsibilities? Oh yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm better, just like it, you're not better than the 70-ish people that you employ. And I watch you and I see how fulfilled you are. And I share that feeling when your team is moving forward and progressing and awesome. not just the financial things. The financial yeah. things are cool, right? Like yeah. buying homes and going on vacations and shit. Um, but when they develop as people. There you go. Yeah. When they develop as people. Absolutely. And I'll always remember it was 2017 when I changed my approach from professional development to personal development of my team. Um, Cause I was good at teaching people how to make money, but I wasn't focusing on them as a human. And when I made that approach, everything changed everything. And I know you understand that. Yeah. Um, and I see it, I see it. And it's so cool to be able to um, do that for other people. And, and fundamentally, I think I might be wrong, but it sounds like that might be one of the most fulfilling things that you have in your life is developing your tribe. Yeah, you, you know, here's how I could put it. It, it really is, you know, out from a, 
I mean, I don't even look at it like just professional even, but, but outside of my family and my faith, um, it, it's everything, you know, it is, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I was talking through some of the story when I was a little bit younger, well, by the time I was 18 or 19, probably 19, this really started to, 18, I just got in a bunch of trouble, <laughs> you know, but, 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 um, I really had this deep desire. I just wanted someone to give me a shot. You know, I, I was looking for a mentor. Um, I wanted someone to, you know, in my head at the time, teach me how to make six figures. Like, and I would like, man, just show me what to do. I'll run through a wall, do anything. Like, I just want to be like, I, I don't want to be in that situation where I, you know, can't go out to eat. I, you know, I can't, you know, buy that. Like at the time that was very material type stuff in my head, like that. I can't have a, uh, home that I'm, I'm proud of or a you know have nice clothes or nice car like it was more like that but I had this deep desire like just teach me like God like give me a mentor like someone to to show me that stuff and um in his own time in his own way you know I, I got into personal training you know I had a a tent rental business and made some money in that said man I don't want to go back to hourly type like you know, jobs. I think at the time I was making like 10 bucks an hour, maybe even less than that in an hourly type job. And I'm like, man, I just made, uh, that was my first time. I'll just be a little outdated now because this is like more, this is like 18 years ago, probably, but, but like the whole summer I made over 2000 bucks a week. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, dude, I'm on track to make six figures. And uh, I'm like, this is awesome. And uh, then summer's over, you know, and party rental stuff in Michigan just isn't as, as uh, busy. And um, I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do? So I, I got into, I'm like, I can make more money training. I, I love working out. I, I can talk to people like that's, that's what I'm going to do. And I went and got an online cert probably was, I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't a good one, but uh, you know, Ace, I, Ace, yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I think it was something like that. Yeah, exactly. Was, That's where uh, I started too. You know, it's like, man, you know, I know a good amount about working out. Like nowhere close to some of the people, like yourself, or some of the people that that we know now that that do training, right? But at the time, like I knew enough to get out there and, yeah. and help people out, and um, you know, became the best trainer. Like, well, had the most sessions right where I was working. And one of the guys that I was training uh, was in recruiting. He was a director at uh, the largestly held private staffing company in the world. And um, we got to know each other and he was recruiting me, you know, little did I know, but um, I ended up interviewing at that company, taking a job there. And, um, you know, that he kind of became like a mentor to me or a little bit, but not exactly what I was looking for. Like he helped me out a ton. I'm very grateful to him. But I wanted someone that was there with me side by side, like showing me what to do. And I got a little bit of that because they gave you a blueprint of what you should do. And then I just like, OK, I looked at that. I'm like, I'm going to do double that because that's how I know how to work. Like if you give me something, I'm going to out max like whatever the performance is supposed to be. And that's worked out well for me in sports and in life. Um, and that's what I loved about this industry. But as I you know, fast forward. 15 years or, you know, probably 10 years is when I really started to realize this. It's like, man, you had this deep thing on your heart that you wanted someone to, 
you create so much for this like mentorship and guidance and kind of like this big brother or like like business type father figure to help guide you along the way right and um you got little pieces of that and you were able to you know get to where you're at now and that's when i really like understood the purpose for our companies and like what my purpose for life is, I believe it's to help people grow. Like, I believe that, like, and that's why. Um, and some people may see that and be like, oh, that's cheesy. But, you know, talk about like, I think someone is dangerous when they believe that God's put a purpose on their life or, or that uh, the universe has put a purpose on their life and that they're here to do that thing. And you can't get me to believe because of those moments where that was deep, deep, deep on my heart and I was praying, you know, to God about like, bring that person in, into my life and didn't show up exactly how I thought. Um, but what God was really doing at that, at that moment, I believe was showing me what, what I was supposed to do for others in life. And um, that's what I'm trying to live out now. You know, I believe we're, we're on purpose to do that. And, and we're going to continue doing that. And I think that's a, uh, that's a dangerous person. You know, that, that's someone that can accomplish what they're out to do. Dangerously good. Dangerously good, I think, is how I would say it, right? And having the purpose of helping people grow is extraordinarily selfless. And getting to that selfless aspect where you pour so much into other people, but also have boundaries around your own energy, right, is a... Yep was a trial and error for me anyways. I don't know about you, but, uh, that's so good. I like to think I've got a lot better at that, but man, that is, um, I always feel bad saying no, (laughs) you know, but, um, you, you got to on on some things, right. So, um, yeah, you know, I just got, I'll give you a quick example. I got, I got a message. And I got asked to join like a meeting, you know, with one of the companies that I'm managing partners in like once a week on Sundays. And that's become my day. Now, keep in mind, I still work on, on Sundays. I still do some stuff. Um, and I'm regimented. I do eight, eight tasks, you know, five, what I call daily igniters and three critical tasks a day. I do that six days a week. And what do I know? I completed yesterday too, even though it's like Sunday's my day where I... If I'm being honest, I still do that quite a bit, but but I don't chalk it up as a loss because that's my day to be intentional. You know, we go to church and I make sure I'm spending time with my family. And I do that each day of the week too. Like, like it's not like I don't ignore my family like the rest of the week or anything like that, but that's our day. Yeah, and, um, rightfully. Yeah, and so I will do stuff that I can, like I'll get like little like things that are impactful, but I can do pretty quick is what I'll try and yeah. do like on a Sunday. But Same. I'm not going to do a 90 minute meeting, you, you know, with managing, like I, I just looked at it. I got 19 meetings set up next week that are scheduled right now. And I'll have more of that, that trickle in. Like I have plenty of time and structure and, and willingness to do that. Um, and I haven't even actually texted back on this yet. Uh, it'll probably be a voice note, not not a text, because I want people to hear my tone. But one, as managing partner, like I want them to have those conversations and be able to come back to me. And I'm just more of the guide, like they run the business. Uh, but two, like I'm game. 
and I'm there for them and they know I'll run through the freaking wall for them. Uh, I'll, I'll be on the phone till 1 a.m. And we've done that like multiple, like whatever we need to do. Like one of the partners in that business, I was on the phone till 1 a.m. just on Friday night. I woke up on Saturday and it's like, oh, I heard you. I heard you when you got up. Who were you on with? I'm like, oh, I was on with, with Dom. And uh, like, they know that, but like, that's why like that Sunday, like, it'll just like, you got to have some, you got to be able to say no, you know? And, and I'm learning that more and more that like, no, like I like to, I think it's a tough topic because I like to approach things with the mindset like yes or like i don't want to shut people off or like like feel make people feel like i'm gonna like start with no and within the same lens if we're saying yes to everything it becomes very hard to show up for people and and be intentional and uh it's just something i'm still working on and constantly evaluating and i'm literally talking about a real life example where you know again i'll do it in a voice note but it's still not easy for me to do, but I'm trying to like, there there's times or things that are sacred and like, okay, you're creating, you're just creating, you know, more like foundational type stuff. And then you don't steer from that. Right. So that's, I don't, that's what I'm working on with it. it we all are right. And it's a constant audit of our, um, for fillness. Like is my glass full? Can I pour from it? okay, I could be there for you. Is it violating my boundaries? I don't know, dude. I This is what I've gotten to the point of doing, which works really well for me, which could be drastically different for you or anybody else. But I say no after 9 p.m. at night and say yes from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. Those, those 10 hours, as long as I sleep, dude, if I get like a solid ass eight hours and I get my morning routine done, I'm good. Yeah. Whoever needs me for those hours while I'm on. But that's what I've figured out for me. Yeah. Some people it's different, but I think the point is it's a constant audit, right? Just like, just like our fitness, we're both in good shape. It's a constant, like, all right, how many calories do I need? How much exercise am I doing? What is my goal? All right, let's break it down. You know how to reverse engineer. It's a constant audit of everything, especially when you're selfless and your purpose is to grow people. It's constantly auditing like, all right, I can't take away from my family on this, but I got to give to my tribe on this. All right, let's balance it out. Like, where is it going to be? And it just takes time. Yeah. And speaking of time, speaking of time, dude, we, uh, I know you got to go with your family and, uh, I know you guys got a day carved out for you. You're going to go out, you're going to hang out with your girls. They got that baller ass stroller. I see that thing. It's got like <laughs> cruise control and like cup holders. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you built it too, right? Oh no. My wife built that thing. <laughs> she's, uh, she's the handy one out of us. So. Okay. And I, I put the, on a wheel uh, and, or something like that. <laughs> so. She's a she's a beast. I, I respect. I can't wait to meet her. Um, I hope you have fun today, man. You delivered an immense amount of perspective, fundamentally, value. I believe this will be extraordinarily impactful for numerous people that I think we just all have questions, right? Like, how did he do it? All right. Well, maybe I'm not that far off. And I think that's the, I think that's really the most important thing when we share our stories is being able to express to others that you're really not that far off. 
this person might be just a step or two ahead on the journey or, you know, three steps or whatever the steps are. But the point that I'm getting at is you killed it, man. Uh, if anyone was looking to get a hold of you or follow you, where would they do that? LinkedIn and uh, Instagram, was it? Yeah, LinkedIn and Instagram would be the best at Aaron Opelouski, um or Aaron Opelouski on, on, on LinkedIn. Um, just one thing to what, what you said there real quick. Oh, sure. I think that, uh, you know, especially, you know, we're in these groups like you and I met in, in Arate, you know, there's a ton of great knowledge on the internet. There's some, some bad stuff too. That is bad advice, right? Oh yeah. There's, there's so much like comparison and all, all this stuff. And yeah, man, if, if I could say anything to what, like, you got to understand, like a lot of the stuff that you read off on my bio has happened in the like the last like three to four years, like for yep. a bulk of that time, I had, I had one company for four and a half years and then spark talent's been nine coming up on nine years in November. And that's all I, I had for until 2017. And then we tried a company and that one didn't work, you know, and it wasn't until 2021 that we started to open up other companies. And that's when I really started to do some, more investing in other companies and stuff too. So, um, man, like the only person you should really be like compare, like you can have comparisons to other people, but the only one you should really focus on, like feeling like up, like upset about is, is if you don't beat yourself, like go beat yourself and become a better version of yourself. And like, I'm sure you've heard it before. It might sound cliche, but like, that's what you should focus on. Cause if you just keep getting better day by day, month by month, you know, quarter by quarter, year by year, it, it stacks on, on itself. And so um, being disciplined and, and focused in that way, like try and improve yourself and, and don't, you know, if someone else does something cool, like be happy for them. You know, absolutely. I think we, I had a hard time with that. Like, man, I would get like, Oh, like, me too. In my industry, right? Oh, mm -hmm. forget them. Like, like we're we're gonna crush them. It's probably not that nice of nice of words. And like now, it's like I just having a, a combo last night. It's like no, like, like let's be, let's cheer people on, right? Yeah. And yeah. I yeah. Can, yeah. I could hundred percent. Like a number one, don't let someone else's success bring you down because like you going. We could talk a whole other hour about that, right? But oh just, yeah. Don't let yourself go there. Get back on track. Like, hey, like, that's not helping me get, if anything, that's hurting me. If I'm getting down about that, like, hey, that's what's possible. Now let's go back and focus on me and like, what can I do to get better today? Have I got better over the last month, over the last quarter, over the last year? And focusing on that and doing it consistently, and you do that for a decade, as I, you're shaking your head, I know you know this, like, it, oh, yeah. it really will start to stack for you or you'll look up like you said and be like holy crap like like we have made a lot of progress here um so that's what i'd be focused on you know if if anyone hears anything in this like hear that focus on being yourself i don't i don't think it's cliche i think you're absolutely right and the basics like focusing on yourself and being just a little bit better each day or each month or each quarter or each year is the sauce. The basics is the sauce. It just takes time for momentum to build and roll. As you know, as I know, as many people know, 
And I think you, you killed it, man. You absolutely crushed this, uh, big appreciation, big thank you. Super grateful that you've given me a whole bunch of your time over the past, uh, month. Yeah, really maybe a couple of weeks, actually, I think is the right way of saying it, but, uh, I know it's going to come back to you, man. And, uh, and I really, really appreciate you doing this. I think you did a fantastic job. Thanks, Chris. And, and thanks everybody that listened to this. Um, this is a, a great guy right here and I just can't say enough about you, man. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person again in November. Yeah, man, I think we're staying at the same hotel, so we'll definitely, uh, we'll chop it up there maybe catch a workout or something. How's that sound? Let's do it. All right, dude. I appreciate you. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. All right. All right, Chris. Talk to you. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm born. Go on, can I kick it to my tribe that flows in layers? Right now, Fife is a point sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor.